0: This is a podcast called Twenty Five Whistles, talking football, and they all wear a whistle. Yeah, it's stupid, but what did you expect? It's a podcast called Twenty Five Whistles. Twenty Five Whistles. Presented by
1: DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app. Use the code Bobby Sports to get in on the action. This is the Jerry Jones special, the Dallas Cowboys special, the Eddie and Mike D special. It's just very special to everybody.
2: Probably my favorite episode. We haven't even done it yet. Mm. Like, dude, it's all Cowboys and Jerry Jones. Let's go.
1: And I want to get to the interview quickly, and then we'll talk on the backside thoughts, feelings, emotions, happenings, that kind of thing. Oh, I do want to say, first of all, to thank you to everybody who listens. To this, we, You have made this podcast a monster. Millions and millions. We We thought it would do good. Like, pretty good. We didn't expect it to be as big as it is. So thank you all for being a part of this. Because of you guys, we get to do stuff like go hang out with Jerry Jones. So I don't know. I don't even want to say except thank you. Just every time we look at the data, it's just like another million, another million. So thank you. Especially because I only played pro ball for like five years. I know, man. <laughs> Me too. What do I know? That was it? That was it. Just oh, five okay. years. Here is Dallas Cowboys owner and general manager. And one of my favorite people. <laughs> yeah. I set it up a little bit. We are sitting in the room. They do the press conferences.
2: Mm-hmm, the post-game press conference.
1: We just grab chairs and throw mics in our hands. It was not something that was It was organized as to what we were going to do, but Jerry Jones was like the coolest dude. He was like, let's just do it here. And we're like, all right, let's just do it here. And so we got some microphones that Mike had brought, and away we went, and we talked about all kinds of stuff. Now,
2: I haven't heard the audio. Me but, either. Me but- either. I wonder if you could hear the music in the background because this is cool. Just to our right, behind where you were sitting, Bones, was the locker room. And you can hear the music just blaring in the locker room and dudes yelling.
3: You can't hear the music, but you do hear when they yell, you hear like
1: an eruption of the players. It's pretty cool. (laughs) That was cool, dude. Here I am talking with Jerry Jones. I wish he was my dad. (laughs) Well, I do. (laughs) Enjoy. Mr. Jones, I've heard people call you many things since we've been here the last hour. I've heard Mr. Jones, I've, they've referred to you as Jerry. Someone called you Uncle Jerry a minute ago. <laughs> what, you have a lot of names well, here as you walk around. Well,
0: I do prefer, especially from you, Jerry.
1: Is that really what I feel like? I can
0: call you Jerry because that means we're friends now. Of course, we are <laughs> friends. and uh, uh, But mainly you've got that Arkansas blood in you, which qualifies us uh, uh, both to... Uh, uh, have a little fun probably cousins and uh why not can be uh, i've got a lot of joneses running around out here One just getting in line yeah
1: <laughs> this a story that i've rarely shared but and there's zero percent chance that you would remember this and I don't expect you to but as probably 15 or so years ago uh you were in hot springs uh you were sitting in a section of a restaurant and i think it was Oakline. Oakline was i was at the races um you were sitting in a section between the restaurant and the bar waiting on somebody and i, and I saw you sitting there and i thought Jerry Jones from Arkansas. I'm from Arkansas. Why can I not go up and say hello? And so I I approached you and I said, hello. And I sat beside you. I was waiting on people too. And you and I talked for like 10 to 15 minutes. And I kind of just told you my story. You talked to me for a while. And I remember thinking, I can't believe Jerry Jones is a normal, like nice person because we always see big Jerry Jones, you know, the guy that's running the Cowboys, but you were such a normal person. And at the end of the conversation, you literally gave me your cell phone number and said, if you ever need anything, call me. I never called you. I actually needed a few things, but I never called you. (laughs) But I I left that going. Like Jerry Jones is like a like a for real caring guy, like a guy who seemingly cares about relationships a lot. Is that probable? Would you say that is the
0: key to your success here? Has been relationships? Well, let me say this: Uh, uh, my life is spent with my uh, one-on-one relationships. Uh, What is a little confusing about this thing is that the more visibility you have, uh, and frankly, being associated with the Cowboys. I don't ever confuse the interest in Jerry Jones with what the real deal is, and that's the interest in the Dallas Cowboys. I'll say this seriously. Uh, Yes, uh, I did have a marvelous young life growing up in Arkansas, and I was coached up real good in life not necessarily football, but life. Great parents, uh, uh, entrepreneurs, always struggling, uh, but wonderful around the kitchen table, osmosis, uh, but certainly uh, got a great appreciation for uh, the, the, the kinds of lives that make up Arkansas for sure. And there's no question that my affinity is there. I continue to have things there. I continue to have all the relationships I've had. Uh, but having said that, when I got involved with the Cowboys, uh, I knew it was gonna be tough. Because the Cowboys were losing a million a month in cash flow. And I bought part of them from the government that had been foreclosed on. And football was not going strong then, not pro football at the time. As a matter of fact, I don't and never have heard of anybody that ever made a positive dollar in sports owning a team, period, football or otherwise. Where I'm going with this, but I was proud. I was really proud to uh, my master's thesis at at Arkansas uh, when I got to play on our national championship team, but I was also going to school. My master's thesis was the role of marketing in modern day football. I dreamed of somehow being a part of a life that was uh, had something to do uh, with football. But this is my point. To everyone, go to your passion. Because I just thought that I had accomplished a little something that I could be proud of when I bought the Cowboys what i didn't realize was that every day inspired by getting to be a part of the future getting to be a part of the fans getting to be a part of the game it just caused me to try things i would have never done and caused things to happen that would have never happened and so the facts are i really was just getting started the cowboys inspired me way beyond uh just the uh, touchdowns or any financial gain
1: i wrote a book called fail until you don't which is And I had uh, Governor Hutchinson in Arkansas and Chris Stapleton, a lot of guys that we know as super successful um, artists or in business, talk about their biggest failure, but how that actually led them to their biggest successes. And we see you as just an eternal success story because we see you on TV or we hear you. Was there a certain failure early on that actually taught you so much that allowed all of this success later on?
0: Well, uh, when we were first married, my wife Jean and I, Uh, they came to the house when she stepped out one day and took her purse and grabbed all the credit cards out and cut them in two. Uh, About 15 years before I bought the Cowboys I came to Dallas and after I bought the Cowboys, a writer asked when we didn't win but one game our first year, which was a little downer. Uh, But when we didn't, he said, these got to be some of the roughest days of your life. And I said, no. Not even here in Dallas. About 15 years ago, I landed at Love Field, took my card up to rent a car from from I think Hertz, and they looked down a list and cut my card into it and said, "Young they cut man, it in front of you? you need to learn how to pay your bills." Now that's a hard day in Dallas. Not necessarily a one-loss record with the Cowboys.
1: So much Salvation Army. I feel like people know about it now because of what you guys do, as far as starting that campaign. Why is that so important to you guys to have the Kettle and Salvation Army as not only part of the Cowboys, but just to be a part of that brand all over the country?
0: Uh, again, Bobby, the the thing that surprised – I'm never surprised at the interest in the team – But what does surprise me is when I travel and I travel a lot, I'll have as many people come up and say thanks for what you do, for the Salvation Army and the Red Catalyst. Say go Cowboys! Uh, It probably is the uh, the the most uh, meaningful or notable thing for me about having been associated with. pro sports are uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, We have three million volunteers in this country on red Cattle time, in the Christmas time. Uh, While people are having meetings or board meetings about how to help people, uh, they've got Santa Claus under a tree, they've got shoes on somebody, or they've got food in their stomach before they can even have a board meeting in other organizations. And they get it there with most of the dollar that you put in that kettle going right where you'd love to see it go. That's why I'm such a fan of If we could play football as good as the people at the, uh, that uh, Salvation Army do their job, we'd be world champs every year.
1: Do you get nervous before games? Very. Period. Still,
0: And I'm nervous right now, very nervous. I, I always have, but really almost uh, uh, sick nervous.
1: This many games end, owning such a big franchise, and you're nervous. Why do you think the nerves are in you still today?
0: Well, you look at what might be uh, the possibility of coming out playing good uh, if we uh, can get through this thing uh, without serious injuries. And uh, Uh, all of the things, I think uh, like anything really, uh, but you need to be positive to play football. Uh, I played football for the Razorbacks and uh, I had to call on it, boy. Uh, It hurt me to play football. I love baseball. Uh, so uh, one time uh, my trainer said, Jones, he's had a Virginia brogue, and he said, Jones, you've got to have the lowest tolerance for pain of any kid <laughs> we've ever had with the Razorbacks. And I said, damn it, granny it hurts me more than it does everybody else. I said, hell, their toes are hanging off. And I said, it hurts me to get kicked. I deserve an honor. Pick up an honor for me. I'm brave to be out there. It hurts more than they do. You played running back in high school and then offensive line for the '64
1: championship team, right? Is that is my accurate there?
0: Correct. You've it's, done your homework, boy. That well, is I live
1: like, it. I live. Yeah. It. I'm die hard. You know, I'm die hard Razorback, die hard Jerry Jones. So if, what's that transition? And did you not want to play running back in college, or did they say you should
0: now play offensive line? One of the toughest thing I ever had to stomach was uh, my junior year. I was the starting fullback for the Razorbacks. I was so proud. I replayed almost everything that was going to happen for the year. Uh, We came to school, and I started the first three or four games. I pulled a ham, uh, and uh, we had some other fullbacks, good ones. Bobby Nix, Charles Daniels, people that uh, we all could remember back. Uh, But we lost all of our guards, and I had played guard uh, my first year at the Razorbacks. So they moved me to guard. Uh, I went over to talk to Coach Brawls to tell him my heart wasn't in it. I couldn't move to guard. Uh, I wanted to carry the ball. I wanted to catch passes. And so uh, he said, fine, Jerry. Well, another coach came back to my locker, and he went around the room, and he named guys that had never been on the field. Fred Marshall, who became the great quarterback that led us to our national championship team. Kenny Dean, a great running back. Never been on the field. There were all kinds, handfuls, that had never been on the field. And my coach looked at me and said, Jerry, I told you, Mother and Daddy, when I offered you the scholarship, I'd take care of you. He says, "Uh, Coach Brawls will sit you down, and you may never see a field again. You can make this move that he's asking you to do, and you can have a hell of a career and be a starter. Don't you see the handwriting on the wall? Well, I did. I I did like he did. I was mad about having done it then. I'm mad about it. At 80 years old today, I'm still <laughs> mad about it. I should have been carrying the ball and catching passes. What if a
1: player says that to you? What if they're like, I don't, you know, I don't want to move. I don't want to return punts. You know, I'm the resi- what?
0: What kind of conversation would you have with them? Well, first of all, because really, as much as anything, that story, uh, I would have. I mean this. I would have grace. I've had it said to me in different ways, not necessarily the same situation about a position, but I've had it to me with other men and women. And when I see somebody buck, when I see them stop and come in, and it's hard. I know it's hard. And tell me, look, uh, I respect you. I'm not trying to be awkward, but I want to go this way. Uh, I respect that. And I remember that story, and I go there. Uh, 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 I'm a cat that's had eight lives out of nine. And so I'm a life uh, uh, giver, I hope, and do show grace when somebody has some real mindset as to where they want to go with their life.
1: We've got three questions left. Now, this is a, an urban legend that I've heard about you that when you were, and you can tell me if this is false, but I want to get the whole story out. And you've had such an instrumental part of designing this. This facility, which is still A-plus, and I, you know, we were talking earlier, after 14 years, people still treat it like it's brand new, and they go, have you seen it yet? But the story is that you, there was a tile that you wanted, and you flew to another country to, to say, I'd like to have this tile. They said, we don't have it. It's on back order. So you said you bought the whole place, then you got the tile, then you sold the place and made money off the selling of the business. Is
0: that story true? Well, uh, let me say this. Uh, I don't know that I made money when I, <laughs> when I, when I sold it back. So that's, uh, that's but true. But I was creative in getting the tile. Now, you had a little problem. When you want to foot a tile in a place like this, you're talking about 4 million square feet, 5 million square feet. So if tile is uh, 3 dollars and 20 cents, then multiply that times three or four million. Well, in this particular case, I was trying to get my wife Jean to find the perfect tile for the right price, which was a lot less, but she found it. And uh, one of the other things she did is she uh, uh, took and took granite, and uh, uh, they chopped the granite up and then they aggregated it back as a solid. And It's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, and we have it on our bar tops all around. Uh, but, um, yeah. You uh, bought the company? This place, this place yes, yes. Uh, this place uh, did have the benefit of uh, us all getting in and looking at every countertop and looking at every corner that was out there, and it was a labor of love. While we're talking about it, and I know uh, we're talking too much about Arkansas, but Coach Brawls was such an inspiration for me here. And uh, he really uh, gave me a lot of keep going and a, a lot of uh, confidence, if you will, on it. He took us to the Astrodome when I was 19. We were down there to get ready to play Nebraska in the Cotton Bowl here in Dallas. And he took us away from the fans. He took us out there. There would never been a game played in the Astrodome, but it was ready to go. Golly, it looked like uh, Mars. It, how could you think about playing a game? And all I know is that uh, from that point forward, I read everything I could, talked to everybody I could about it. Roll the clock forward 30 years later, I was thinking about this place, AT&T. Now, I'll show you how kicking in for young people happens. I didn't know where I was going to get all the money, but I knew one thing. A man could do it because I had been in one that a man did, the Astrodome. Well, guess what happens when you're young? When you get a chance to do it, you go. You can put five of those damn Astrodomes in here today. (laughs) So you always, if you get inspired early, you can make it go. Question two of
1: three, talk about music for a second. In your free time, who do you listen to? And then the ACMs are coming here. Like, you're super instrumental in that. Um, Why do you feel like country music is so on brand with what you're doing? And then also, who do you listen to?
0: Well, first of all, it comes natural. Uh, when my father had his uh, store, a uh, grocery store, uh, my sister and I lived above it. But in the middle of the store, he built a bandstand. And he brought in a great marketer announcer in Little Rock called Brother How. And he brought Brother Howell in from Forest City, Arkansas. And Brother Howell did live uh, uh, amateur talent contest, and he basically made and, and, produced and produced shows right out of the middle of the store. It was a big stand right in the middle of the store. And so uh, I just grew up. I was around it all the time. I was around the store constantly uh, right across the street. There was a great, uh, if you will, honky-tonk and some of the greatest names of uh, country, Hank Williams, those kind of guys. And I got to see it because of my age evolve up through uh, Elvis a couple years older than me. But uh, my point is I have lived. Uh, the great mainstream of country, and if you will, a little of the rock and roll that we all look back on today. Well, I lived that, and uh, my dad would uh, uh, just, frankly, in his own way, indoctrinate it. He had a band called the Pat Supermarketeers. His name was Pat.
1: That's what the supermarket was called, Pats, right? Exactly,
0: Pats. And he would uh, take that band, and he'd be out late and having a good time with the country music rolling, and boy, he'd bring that band in, and here it would go, and he'd only let his friends stay in. But everybody was his friend, <laughs> so they'd have a big time and keep it open.
1: Who do you who you listen to this morning? Just give me a couple of artists you like. Still, oh,
0: I like Stapleton, of course, and uh, uh, not of course, but uh, uh, I like Stapleton, and uh, uh, I stop in my tracks when any of those uh, great ones uh, c- uh, come in. Uh, uh, but, but I'm a great Roy Orbison fan, uh, and uh, he'll stop me in my tracks when I see some of his great music. And uh, I I can't move when dream comes on. Dreams.
1: I'll sing a little bit. Dream, 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 dream. That's pretty good, huh? Roy, you're right on D, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, final question for you, Mr. Jones. Sorry, Jerry, final question. Um, I know that so much of what you do is given back to not only this community, but also you can— drive on the campus of Fayetteville, the football complex. You guys have done so much there. Uh, But now there's a museum being built right outside of the stadium. Can you tell me about that?
0: Well, we're extraordinarily privileged uh, to get to use this forum, if you will, the Cowboys, the visibility. And uh, the uh, National Medal of Honor winners, not winners, but recipients, decided to let us help fund and build the National Medal of Honor Museum. And in conjunction with that, the same monument is – not the same one, but a monument has been built in Washington to recognize the great stories of uh, as patriots of what men and women have done for this country. And I think it's so big right now. Where the Cowboys want to do something special is it's like this stadium. This stadium was not built for the 100,000 that come to the game. It's a great place. But it was built for $35 million. It was built for $30 million. That's who Al Michaels is talking to. That's who John Madden was talking to. Well, we want to take the stories of the Medal of Honor recipients, and we want those to not only be recognized through a tangible thing close by, but somehow we want those stories to get involved somehow mixed in. Wonder how we're going to do that. We've got a plan. And mixed in, and so that when 30 million people are watching these games, they can hear about what these Medal of Honors did for them to get to sit there with the freedom to watch the game.
1: Jerry, I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Massive fan, and can't wait to come back for the ACMs, which they're thinking about letting me host. I think a call from Jerry Jones saying Bobby Bones is my guy would really kick that door in. Just well, saying. Bobby,
0: I'm a great fan of yours. I really, <laughs> I really, really am. And let's don't make this the last time uh, that we have a visit. I'll see you next week. Uh, you've got a passion between uh, uh, the uh, just generally your what you think is important, and music is a big part of it. Music is a big part of the Cowboys. We play it hard every day. Every day during practice uh, just to have the kind of replicating the noise that they'll be seeing. And I was down here in the dressing room. I wish I'd have taken you down. But you couldn't have heard yourself talk in that dressing room. And the biggest fights that come on in a dressing room is whether we're going to play country, we're going to play some soul. And then every now and one will step up and say, guys, I'm tired of this arguing." We're going to have a little church music in here before we go to the field.
1: And maybe a little Roy Orbison.
0: Dream.
1: <laughs> Jerry Jones, everybody. Jerry, thank you very thank much. Thank you, Bobby. There you go. Jerry Jones. Let's give him a round of applause. Wow. Really one of the coolest multi-moment days ever for me. I mean, when it comes to people from where I'm from that have made it, like, that's, that's it. And just a recap on the story. Like, Jerry Jones, to me, is an inspiring guy. He didn't grow up with a bunch of money. And he even talked about that, you know, how he messed up a bunch. He didn't, he took some chances. And some of those chances weren't successful, but I think that's it. And that's what I wrote and I've written books about. Like, you gotta put yourself out there and be vulnerable to failing big. And then when you do, because you probably will at some point, especially early, you have to have the tenacity to get back up and go, okay, I learned something from that. Let me keep going. That's what Jerry Jones is about. And what was cool for me about that interview was, Jerry Jones, two people, is one of two people. He's either your hero because you're a massive Cowboys fan or your enemy because you love the Eagles or the Giants or another team. (laughs) And in sports, if we're not on with that guy, then they're not our guy. And that's what we love about sports. Because if you hate somebody in sports, you respect them. It's like when I talk about teams, like the fan base from the University of Texas. Hate them. All of them. Yeah. But I, but I hate them because I respect them. Yeah.
2: You understand that? It's like
1: the University of Tennessee. They get on my dang nerves. <laughs> Kentucky basketball. I want to choke them. But I do because, one, they matter, or I wouldn't care at all. And, two, like, I respect it. I hate them. But I hate them because they're annoying to me because I want my team to win. And, man, Jerry Jones, legit. Let's talk about the day. And let's talk about how we got there. I literally sent an email to the website. Hey, my name is Bobby. Can I Zoom with Jerry Jones? And I sent it to an account that was like, Cowboys, Cowboys (laughs) Cowboys.com. Cowboys.com. And I got a bounce back going, hey, the person you've emailed doesn't work there anymore. And I'm like, oh. So then it said you can go to this person or this person. So I sent a message to Tad, who works with the Dallas Cowboys, who's head of, like, vice president of media, whomever, whatever his specific job title is. He's a big wig over there. And he messaged me back. And I don't know what he looks like. And I don't know. But he was super cool, but he was like, hey, I don't know. We'll see if Jerry is interested in this. And days go by. Okay, maybe Jerry would like to talk to you. Days go by. You know, what if we don't do a Zoom? Do do you ever come to games? That's the question. Days go by. Would you come to a game? Which one can you pick? I only had one weekend of all of it. And so I I was like, I know I'm putting you in a a bad spot, but this is the one weekend I'm available. Are you guys? Yes. Days go by. Hmm. Something came up, and I would expect 10 things to come up. That's Jerry Jones. Yeah. Still, they made it happen. We get there that morning because we fly in on Saturday night to have dinner. It was awesome, and everybody's giddy. We're talking about it. But also, I expect when we go that morning, there's going to be lots of people, media groups, different reporters. And we're going to Jerry Jones's hangar to meet with whomever and fly to the game. I know Jerry's going to be there, but who knows what he's taking. And what we're taking. Do we go to the hangar and take a bus? Do we go to yeah. the hangar and take, mm-hmm. I don't know. So we go to the hangar and we're the first ones there because I'm always on time every single time. And I'm like, okay, we're first. I guess the other ones will scraggle in. But we're talking to the pilot. We're talking to some of his crew, super nice and kind. And they're like, hey, I'll Jerry will be here in a few minutes. He's going to text us and let's walk on out. I'm looking around like, where's the Dallas Morning News? Yeah. Where's the- and every time the door
2: would open, you know, it'd be like a, a guy carrying like chips to fill the vending machine or something. You mm-hmm. <laughs> <We laughs> like, think it was Jerry. Well,
1: no, it's not him. It. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> think about Jerry though. He drives his car right out uh, to it. He wasn't oh, going yeah. through those doors. No, he doesn't. So we go out and Jerry Jr. drives up, and he had an awesome car. And I was like, damn, what kind of car is that? So we start talking, and he's super nice. And I think he asked Eddie, how did you guys get here?"
2: Yeah, he did. He's like, "So, uh, how did all this come together with Dad?" and I'm like I don't know, dude. I really don't know how this all came together with your dad. Like Bobby just sent a message and here we are. It's pretty cool. So then the car
1: drives up and it's Jerry and Steven.
2: Steven's driving, Jerry's in the passenger seat. Yeah, it's so
1: normal. Steven's driving. Uh-huh. They don't even have a driver. No, anymore? no driver. It's it was the most beautifully bizarre thing and how normal it was because they have such an abnormal situation yeah. of having built b- b- billions of dollars. Yeah, with a B. So I'm like, I guess the Dallas Morning News didn't show up. <laughs> well, I guess we're leaving without them. <laughs> and they're counting seats. And they're like, oh, yeah, we have good. Let's go. And so we get into the helicopter.
2: Hey, be- before them, Bones, though, like when it was you look at the helicopter and you look at the seats, I don't know, eight. Eight seats, seven, seven seats, seats, seven seats. And I'm like double counting us. And Making I'm like, sure oh my gosh, behind. if there are yeah. eight of us, who's going to be left behind? Yeah. But it was perfect.
1: So there were seven, there were seven of us. Cause I had to send them the passengers, by the way. I think they knew. I know, like but I was, I was still yeah. worried. So we get in and there's, there's a, a, a group of four that all look at each other. So it was me, Jerry Jr., Steven and Jerry all sitting in this little room, this group. And then right behind them is a row of three where Eddie, Mike and Caitlin, all set, and so we all put our headsets on. It's just cool to put a headset on in a helicopter. It's like a t- television, really right?
4: Awesome, yeah.
1: And we go up, and I haven't been in many helicopters. I've been in a few based on that my last TV shows over the past few years, but it's still new to me and it feels weird, doesn't it, to go up in a helicopter?
2: It's we, not normal because, like, you're you know you you know airplanes. You go forward, you move right. forward, and it's just like all right. But this is weird because
1: it just hovers. It just lifts and, up. And it even and like, like wiggles. It w- yeah, it's, it's like you're wiggling going up.
4: <laughs> do you get? Do you feel sketchy at all? I mean, it was your first, and Mike, you too, right? First time? I didn't feel sketchy at all. No? At
1: all. Okay. no you know, and it felt pretty good to me too, but the first time I ever went up in one, I was like, this feels not stable. Yeah. Um, But we go, and we go up, and the weather was a little foggy, so there were no mountains, so we are good, but they were like, we'll stay a little lower, and we'll just fly over to the game. So we flew to the game. We're in his... Fam- they have now... And I felt that I was in very precious space because I was, for that time, in that little circle of four, I was part of the family group. We're all just talking. And Jerry Jones was so generous with what he was willing to talk about because it was whatever. He was just talking. And we talked about a lot of stuff. Some stuff I felt was personal, and I will never share. It will be under lock and key forever because I wouldn't want, if I'm having a personal conversation, somebody to tell that stuff regardless of how known or not known I am.
2: And if anyone's listening and feels left out with that information, don't worry. I share that with you because my headset wasn't working and I didn't hear any of it either.
1: Mine did not either. We we nothing. And that's where I was going. We finish, We land. And right before we get out, I was like, Eddie, wasn't that awesome? Like all that cowboy stuff, all that ownership stuff. And Eddie goes, my headset wasn't
4: plugged in. Oh, Eddie.
0: (laughs) And I was like, I was wondering why you didn't get the conversation. So apparently...
1: His headset wasn't broken. It just wasn't plugged in. And And there was a hole to plug it in, Mm -hmm. but it was right by Jerry.
2: Above every seat is a hole to plug in your your microphone, headset, or whatever. And Jerry had taken the one that's plugged into mine. So that means that the empty one was right next to Jerry's ear. And every time Mr. Jones would lean over to talk to Bobby, I'm like, ooh. I could lean over and plug it in, but then he would sit back, and I'd be like, oh, my gosh. And if I tickle his ear, he's going to be like, what the crap? Like, or who is he's going to
1: make you his best friend. That's true.
2: <laughs> I didn't want to risk it. So then after, like, the third attempt, Bones, I'm like, I'm done.
1: So they didn't get to hear any of that.
3: I don't know what was wrong with mine. I plugged it in. I plugged it back. I checked the pack. Nothing.
1: So we land. And I'm going to pause for a second. We'll come back to the story. I'm going to remind you the DraftKings and 25 Whistles were a team, too. Yes. That's right. 25 Whistles is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app and use the code BOBBYSports to get in on the action now. We have our DraftKings 25 Whistles parlay each week. I want to thank you all for being a part of that. We have made money. If you bet every single week, sorry. Smiles. Well, I can say make money.
3: Yeah, they just don't want you to say bet
1: your entire house. Yeah, because, because they I, used to, I used to do that. I said. <laughs> Didn't know any better. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of smiles. Um, and so um, thank you for riding with this. Maybe sometimes we bet and you didn't win, but if you stayed consistent, you did pretty good. Yeah, I'll man. Be honest mm-hmm. with you has been a good year. You did mm-hmm. pretty good. So check out DraftKings Sportsbook and our 25 Whistles parlays and it's been a great year. The bowl season's coming up.
2: Oh, lots oh, of bets. Oh, man. That's Lots been, of opportunities. Awesome.
1: New users, use the code Bobby Sports. When you download the app, 21 and up, most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem, call one 800 Gambler or Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee Redline, one 800 889 9789 In New York, call 877-8 Hope and Y or text Hope and
4: Y 467-369. Hey, what's going on? It's kickoff Kevin here, and I'm here to talk about the awesome feeling that sparked from the unexpected from Bespoke Post and their new winter lineup of must-have Box of Awesome collection. My favorite part about Bespoke Post is that they partner with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every single month. I'm all about supporting the small businesses, especially during the holidays. And in one of Bespoke Post's Box of Awesome, they have a knife in the Slash Box that is made by Bare Bones, who is a small business based in Salt Lake City. To get started and get your own Box of Awesome, just take the quiz at boxofawesome.com and your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome just for you. And you can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code BobbySports at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code BobbySports, all one word, for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com, code BobbySports.
1: We land.
2: Oh, Before you get there, what... If you can share the information, what was he saying while we were circling Jerry's world? Because to me, that was like... He
1: did take us on an extra run. He goes, oh, let's do it again. He told the, the pilots, i want to show them this, and it went around. Really? An extra time, yeah.
2: It was surreal, it, dude. You're literally watching what he made with the man that made it. You know, and he's just, so we're just circling. And to me, I can't hear what you guys are talking about. So I'm just kind of visualizing the whole thing. You, whatever story he's telling you, we're flying over his creation. There are a bunch of people lining up to get in the building for the game. I'm like, it's just beautiful.
1: He was talking about what was important to him when he built it, meaning it was for all the people there, but he wanted it to be a masterpiece for the 15 million that are also watching it oh, that day. That. I love that. And how he wanted that. When, when we were going around and showing different parts that were important to him and also the museum that they're working on for the veterans and showing where that was coming up. Oh, that's and really the pillars. cool. It's all, yeah, it was, it was so cool. It doesn't even feel real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we land and there are a lot of Cowboys fans that know Jerry's chopper lands there and they are so... They're like, Jerry! Jer-, and he gets out. He was so generous with his time and this was consistent throughout the day. But he walked over and was like, saying what's up to, to them. He was just grateful they were there. They were grateful. He was, there. he was like, hey, guys, hey, guys. And he goes, Bobby, come over here. It's so loud. But he goes, hey, everybody, this is Bobby Bones. And you can't really hear the people really because the helicopter's right behind us shutting off. And they're all, Jerry, Jerry. And he goes, look, they're big fans of yours. I, I didn't see a single person. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he was, he's such a star there. there wasn't yeah. a, they were just like, move the nerdy guy. We want more Jerry. <laughs> and so we walked and we hopped in some SUVs. Right up, right up there. There's people everywhere, and Jerry's like waving, saying hi to people. He's like a politician, but he doesn't need their votes. He's just saying hello. Right. It feels like they're valuable to him. He's valuable to them. They're valuable to him. Boom. So we go and we go underneath, and he go. And we're talking. It's a work area where you drive underneath, like the bowels, but it's spotless clean. And he says, "It's important to me that this is super clean because if this is spotless clean." The rest of it's going to be immaculate. Yeah. So we land our car stop. We got multiple SUVs. We're all in. I'm riding with Jerry. So it's Caitlin and maybe Jerry Jr. Or Steven. But Steven, Steven was with you. We oh, were with
2: Jerry Jr. Let
1: me tell you how, how like chill Jerry Jones is. And this part, this part I couldn't believe there's an SUV. Mm-hmm. There's the driver in the open front seat. And then there's two seats and two seats. And so Caitlin gets in first because they told her to get in. And mm-hmm. then Jerry comes up, and they're pulling the seat back, and Jerry tries to get in the very back. What? Yeah, he was like, I'll just crawl in the very back. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> and I go, Jerry, Jerry, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. I was like, no, no, I'll get in the back. <laughs> That's what a dude he was. He was like, I'll just get in the very, very back. That's amazing. Not the front, and not just right there and make somebody else get He was climbing in the very back.
4: Wow. Like you and your boys piling into an Uber. Yeah. Yes,
1: he was piling in. And we were like, no, 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 no. So we had to like yell, don't. And then I Caitlin got in the back. I don't even know who got in the back, but Jerry does he owns the, the whole thing. <laughs> yes. So we drive around, we go in, and he's gonna go talk to coach. And it's like, I'm gonna go to coach and go, or you can go down to the field. And he's like, but whatever I do, you can roll with me. Like all whatever you like, whatever you want. Let's go. And so I was like, why don't you do that? Because I want to take Eddie and Mike down on the field. Yeah. And so we go, that's where we went. Down on the field. And there's a rope for people that have access, but then there's no rope for people who have all access. Like, like they just let us do whatever we want. We had all access. Did you guys have like passes or anything? Or we no? did, okay. but nobody questioned us because we had like Jerry's people with us. You're rolling with the owner. And then Jerry would walk out and check on me, be like, "Hey, are you good?" I would pop back there. What can I? Are we. Good? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, you can stop checking on me. Like, I just want to stay out of your way. He goes, yeah. no, no. This is this is you do. This is do whatever you want. So we we hang out. We talked to Matt Overton, who's our friend. Yeah, used to intern on the show. Eddie screams every player's name.
2: Every single player I saw that I recognized, I would scream their name. But I didn't realize after, like, the second player, they're wearing, like, headphones. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them had buds, you know, mm, that, that yeah. go in the ear. Oh, that's why you can't hear me. guys. Well, it.
1: Eddie yelled at Diggs, and he thought Caitlyn was yelling at him. So he, like, smiles at her, and Eddie's like... Uh.
2: I kind of, like, got in the way. Eddie got jealous. <laughs> between him <laughs> and, like, waved back at him. Yeah.
1: So we're on the field, and Jerry's hanging out, and he's like, Hey, Bobby, let's go take some pictures. Jerry's like, let's go get, take some pictures out here. The owner, the main guy, is like, rang. So we take pictures. And he's like, "Who? Um, it's all for you. They're like, Is anybody else, does anybody else live here that you know, whatever? And I said, well, Caitlin's parents are here. They came to the game. I bought them tickets for her dad's birthday. And he's like, well, get them down here. Oh, my. So they go and get Caitlin's parents and bring them down on the field. He takes pictures with them.
4: Oh, my. Says God. hi.
1: <laughs> spends time with them. We go in to the press room, all of us. I think Jerry wants goes to get some water, some to eat real quick. He hops out real quick, and we're just getting ready to do the interview. We put a couple chairs up there, and there's the podium. And I'm just... Messing around, I get up on the podium I'm like, "All right, guys, thanks for coming to my press conference." I know it was second and two, but I decided to punt because I felt like that was the right call in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Just being stupid. Well, he yeah. slides in the side and starts heckling me from the seats where the
4: reporter
2: sits. He like sits down as he's a reporter and like starts heckling Bobby. Really? Yeah.
4: What was he saying? When
1: he you was just like, uh, with- "Hey, you kiss anything recently? Because you can probably kiss your job goodbye after you kiss <laughs> that
2: pun." <pony. laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Finish. Go ahead and finish what you're going to say, because that's the last time you'll ever like, say that." That had to be really? as a coach <laughs> of this team. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. And so we sit down and we do the interview. I ended it. I didn't have a time. I was looking at the game. The game was starting in like 25 minutes. But I was like, I don't want to keep them all day. They never pressed me to end the interview. But I was like, we did 20, 25, whatever it was. Yeah. I'm just going to end it out of respect. And you heard it. Yeah. He was just gracious and generous with his answers. I mean, I couldn't be a bigger fan now. At the arc the small town Arkansas thing definitely was a bond between us.
4: Oh yeah, for sure. You could hear it in his voice mm-hmm. too.
1: And we finished. We went to the, we went up to his suite, and he was like, "I'm gonna go sit with the scouts for a while." I said like, come up there? And I was like, "Well, or you can stay like down with in the box too, because it's like two layered." Mm-hmm. We did that. We went and sat and ate. I wanted to hang out with my friends too. Eddie and Mike I also wanted to not bother Jerry anymore. Yeah, because he yeah. dedicated so much time to us. Yeah, and so we ate food. It was awesome. Uh-huh. Talk to the senator. Talk to the somebody from the house. Um, Kendra Scott. Talk to Kendra Scott. Did uh, I talked a lot with the woman from the Texas House representatives about legalizing sports gambling? Because I will. I talk to governors about this. Part of what I do is to talk about the benefits for the state for the people and why at times it's hypocritical for them to say no because of other precedents that have been set. And her and I have this whole conversation about it, and Eddie's like, oh, God, you got him started. (laughs) (laughs) That's her thing, too. That's her agenda, too. Like, we were just really aligned on that. Hmm. And so the Cowboys won. Oh, Barely. I feel like they skated into the game like this is Texans. Who cares? I,
2: I I had that feeling too. But
1: then they at the end they knew they had to do it and they did it. Thank God. Yeah.
2: Let me tell you what was tough for me because you know it's game day and I watch these these games and and when there's a bad pass or something I'm like damn it Dak you're like no don't get the ball to Zeke you couldn't do that when the, in the owners box yeah it's true you, know, so that's you true. can't
1: criticize what they're doing there and the guy was playing who was setting our seeds for fantasy because I needed to win to get the two seed for a bye, he had Tony Pollard. And Pollard scored the first two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. And like, I was happy, but I was also like, God dang it.
2: <laughs> Bones is trying to find red zone on the yeah. TV they and I
1: pulled And <laughs> I, well, I pulled up red zone on my phone on YouTube TV, and Kalen's like, I get it, but not
4: here. Stop that crap. <laughs> Were you sitting up above everybody, though? Or no, or down below where people can see in the box? In you the, know the middle? What I mean? In the yeah, middle. In the middle. But okay. it's like,
1: a, it's a massive. Box. I mean, yeah. food, it's, really, it's not your regular it's not, box. It's not, and even a regular box is swanky. Yeah. This is the mm-hmm. owner, yeah. is amazing. Uh, our final thoughts after I tell you about, again, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. It's my go-to. This holiday season, there are going to be so many bowl games, so many NFL games. New customers can bet $5 on any NFL game, any NFL team, and win it. And if they win their game, you get $150 in free bets if they do. Check it out right now. Everybody can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up, same game parlays. The more you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger shot you have to win. It's fun. You can make these games. The Tostitos... Knuckle sandwich bowl <laughs> <laughs> makes it a lot fun. Yeah, you put five bucks on it, you know. It is. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Bobby Sports. Place a five dollar bet on any NFL team to win their game and get one hundred fifty bucks in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Code Bobby Sports. Got to put in the code Bobby Sports, 21 and up. in Most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See Slash sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. In Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline, 800 889 9789. In New York, call 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y 467 369. Eddie, your whole life you've been a Dallas Cowboys super fan. Mm. Give, me your, you're, give me your final thoughts here.
2: I mean, man, this was like Merry Christmas to me. I I told my wife that you don't have to give me anything for Christmas. Like my Christmas wishes. But she didn't get that for you. It doesn't matter. Oh, like, oh, it, <laughs> exactly. I'll tell everyone you don't have to get me anything for Christmas because I will never, ever go to a sports game and, and, and top this. This is just the ultimate yeah. of every experience going to a sports game. And me loving the Dallas Cowboys, Bones, I want to say thank you. Uh, Jerry Jones, the Dallas Cowboys, Tad, everyone that just allowed this to happen. Dude, I get emotional thinking about it because I've thought about it nonstop since we've been back home. It's been amazing. So thank you so much.
3: Mike? I would say each one of these events individually would have been amazing. And the fact that everything happened according to plan is still mind-blowing. Me to too. Me. And I was expecting at one point for me not to be a part of something. Like for me, oh, there's not a spot on the helicopter. There's not a spot in the suite. <laughs> I was expecting them like, you know, just not to be a part of it. And the fact that I got to experience everything there was amazing. And I think I soaked it up at one point when I was eating guacamole, watching my favorite team come back winning. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, it was special. A special day, and thanks to Tad. Thanks to Jerry. I mean, I come away from it because, you know, I have a job where at times I can become jaded because Yeah, I have a couple TV shows, and I have this massive radio show, and we talk to celebrities, and it just becomes almost like a factory. In and out. Most famous people, they're fine. It's like regular people. Some you don't like, some you do. They have a talent that culturally we've deemed important, so we spend a little time with them. Um, But this trip just kind of reminded me that it doesn't matter what's up. People are still people, and some people rock. Yeah. And he didn't have to be that nice to us. He wasn't going to be mean, but he could have been just nice and hey. And we'd have thought it was the coolest thing ever. Even just to walk on the field and do a five-minute interview would have been like, dang, that was the coolest thing they didn't have to Sure, yeah. And he was like a, a, a ten, an extra-attentive human for the sake of being an extra-attentive human. And I'm very grateful for that and for the whole Cowboys organization it was just real special. To be able to take you guys to do that was the coolest part of it to me. And to be able to hang out with another guy from Arkansas who has made it really big from not a whole lot, like that's inspiring to me as well. So I don't know if any of the, those guys will hear this, if they even spend a second listening back to it. Uh, but if you do, we're, we're super grateful. And I think that's just, we're just grateful. Yeah, that's thank all. You. We're yeah, just thank very you grateful. So much. It was a really cool thing for us to do. It meant, meant a lot to us. And hopefully we'll see you again sometime in this life or the next. That'd be great. Hopefully sooner Especially than this later. One. <laughs> <laughs> More so this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but Charlotte, his daughter, was super kind. I really wish they'd make the call to the ACMs and be like, we want Bobby to host the show. Hey, you put, it in, you put yeah. it in their ear a
2: few times. Yeah, well, it's, it's just out like there.
1: We're, we're already talking with them. And it's a, I'm a, I know yeah. We're already talking with Amazon a little bit about it. But it's going to take the push of somebody
4: to do it. That's a good somebody.
1: Yeah. And, and, and you know, I didn't want to be – it would be cool if they did that. Oh, man.
2: That would be, be cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how about the, how about the uh, Cowboys? Organization, thank you. Go Cowboys. And that is, that's our Jerry Jones special. Thank you for listening. Oh, there's a lot of clips of this up on uh, my TikTok, up on Instagram. We'll put some on the 25 Whistles page. Follow at 25 Whistles. And you guys have a great day. See you later.